And welcome back to the greatest episode of the Shaving Points Podcast. My name is Jaden May, joined as always by my co-host, Quentin Crisco. How are we doing tonight, Quentin? Eager for some wins, Jay. Eager for some wins. Wins are easy to come by. Yeah, for you lately. Not so much for me. <laughs> you're you're over here on a heater, just like, life's great. I, I like gambling. Hey, it's fun. I'm not. over here just like staring at a wall like what is the why am i like this yeah i can't lose right now <laughs> but my name is quentin crisco find me on twitter at buckus stats we are the shaving points podcast you can find podcasts on twitter at shaving underscore points that's pts underscore pod check us out on any and all of your social media apps we are on them i guarantee you and go check out our website which has gone under some incredible construction lately. It looks amazing. All our model picks are up there. All of our individual picks are up there. Go College check basketball. It out. College basketball models up now. Uh, as of th- this past week, shaving-points.com. Shaving-points.com. All the greatest merch, all the greatest picks, everything you need, all in one singular place. Yeah, but before we get to, we, we get too deep into this, I got a hard-hitting question for you, Jay. Let's hear it. So, you need to choose a QB to get you to a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes. Rosters, well, you only get to choose from three specific QBs. Oh. Rosters being equal, assume all the rosters are all loaded. However, it needs to be for that quarterback, like scheme-wise. Rank your choice of quarterback between... Tua, Jalen Hurts, and Geno Smith. I think exactly how you named it, Tua Hurts Smith. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, Tua's incredible. He's great. Uh, Jalen Hurts is having himself a moment right now, but I don't know. I mean, I just got to see more from him. I mean, I think Tua is more talented with his arm strength and his arm capability. Jalen Hurts runs the ball more. Last week? Yes. Jalen Hurts runs the ball more. I mean, it's not taking anything away from Jalen Hurts, but yeah, I mean, to me, it's Tua Hurts and Geno Smith. I didn't mean the last week about Jalen Hurts. I meant the last week about Tua facing a really good defense and just not Not getting the job done. But it happens. Not even coming close to game. Hurts Hurts doesn't look great in some games. I mean, they beat the Colts by two points. They lost to the Washington football team. Yeah, but he didn't look. Those teams were playing. We're starting Brock Purdy at quarterback across from. Him. That's okay. He's. We're I mean, playing Brock he still didn't look good against those defenses. Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, who you're playing? I, I lost confidence. Some confidence. Who, who the opposing quarterback is doesn't matter if you don't play well against the defense, because anybody can play anybody on the other side. If they can score more points than you, it doesn't matter if you can't score points against that defense. And Jalen Hurts scored 16 points against the Colts defense. And he scored, what, 20 points against a Washington football team defense? Like, Tua has proven himself against good defenses this year. And Jalen Hurts really hasn't played a good defense this this year, and he looked pretty mediocre last year. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong about Tua over Hurts. I just – I was shocked at how quick you had an answer there, how quick it was I'm, that. I'm high on Tua. I'm a Tua non-member. Yeah. Oh, are you now? I am a Tua non-member. Yeah, keep that quiet. 
No, no, no. Ben, I, I honestly, I might go Gino. First? I might go Gino. Yeah. So, I mean, give Gino his flowers all day, but yeah, I don't know. We were supposed to have a Seahawks guy on tonight. Talk some, talk some Seahawks with us. Talk about how worried he is about the Kenneth Walker injury. But yeah, I don't know. I think Gino's fine. But I, I wouldn't put him on either one of these guys' level yet. I mean, he looks so bad in New York. Like he's looked better this year. Obviously, you should get better as a quarterback as the years progress. We talked about it a couple weeks ago about how you rarely see this in the NFL because like most guys don't get drafted where he gets drafted immediately thrown into the starting position and get a second chance. Most of the time it's like a first round bust that goes from team to team, but he wasn't really a bust. I mean, he was drafted what third round and became the starter and was kind of back and forth. And then he, he got to sit and learn for a while and actually uh, learn the craft and dedicate himself to the position and is making the most of his opportunity which you rarely see in the NFL because first-round guys have usually made the money. And if they wash out, they're like, well, I've made plenty of money. They probably don't put forth the effort. But, like, he never had the money. And so like, he's always he's always pushed himself to become better. And now that talent's really coming through for him. But I still – I mean, yeah. that doesn't change anything for me. It's still too a hurts, Gino, for me. Yeah, I, th- I think for me it's Gino, two hurts. So we both have two overhurts. The only difference is yeah. that you like Gino. Yeah, I, I was I was just shocked at how quickly you were like Tua one. Yeah, I mean I I think Tua is incredible. I mean, and you can have bad games in the NFL. I mean, unless you're you unless you're Patrick Mahomes, wherever he throws two touchdowns and three hundred sixty five yards and loses the Bengals, everybody's like, oh, is Patrick Mahomes broken? And I'm like, no, he had an incredible game. <laughs> like. People just don't appreciate his greatness. Like, he had a great game. Like, any other quarterback has that game. They're like, oh, man, he almost won that game for him, even though Joe Burrow had the game of his life. It's like, when when Mahomes does it, it's like, oh, he just lost the MVP. It's like, really? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure I'd put Tua to his performance against Sam. No, Brown, no, 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 no. No, I'm not, I'm not saying yeah, that. I'm just but... saying, like, that's how much, like, people just forget about greatness I'm not saying two is great by any means I'm just saying like if you get to a point where you're just so good that like you have one bad game and like oh it's like you suck and it's like a bad game for him is like a career day for most people yeah (laughs) I don't know I'm interested to see I'm interested to see how Tua does the rest of the year I'm I'm not sure who they have left but like they played a tough division so against getting, a good defense. I, I want to see. I want to see him perform against a really good defense. I mean, he beat the Bills. No, he didn't. Did he beat the Bills? He beat the Bills, kind of. Like, I mean, they beat the Bills, but like it was in Miami with that home field advantage in the in the heat in the summer heat. It's not like, hot in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> Try coming to Texas where we got real heat. Well, if Jerry Jones was smarter, he would have made their stadium the way Miami made theirs, and the home field advantage would be incredible there, too. But you don't get Super Bowls and World Cups. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, talking about heaters, your boy might be the hottest gambler in the world right now. So, um, 
I went four and two last week. Hit my two unit play back to back two unit plays in back to back weeks. I also I'm really bad about just doing something last minute, so I don't get it up on Twitter. But I'll text you. I won like four other games. That's took. Like I've tripled my bankroll the past two weeks, three weeks. Incredible run by me. Uh, up five and a half or five point six units on the season. My only two losses last week, I lost the over in the Kansas City Cincinnati game, where I needed a half point for like the last seven minutes, and it just didn't happen. Uh, a missed field goal. Uh, Kansas City was trying to run out the clock and either won on a touchdown or a field goal. They got stalled. They didn't go for it on fourth and four. Might have been a bad bad call by Andy Reid. I thought they should have gone for it. They give the ball back to Cincinnati or they attempt a field goal. Leave it short. Give the ball back to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. It was a bad snap, wasn't it? On the field goal. It was only it was a 51 yarder. No, I, just I short. Bad I, I didn't see the snap. I didn't see that, but I know he missed. He missed it short, but yeah, just uh, just bad beat there. I mean, you got seven minutes left in a close game with Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. You'd think you'd get at least a field goal at the last eight minutes of the game. They had like three different chances <laughs> yeah. to go over. Didn't happen, but then Tennessee, it was just a bad time to pick Tennessee. They did not look good last week. Got their doors blown off. And then my two-unit play, Cleveland Browns. Uh, I thought this was going to be the Deshaun Watson factor, but it was just the fact that uh, Houston's really bad, which was my backup plan in making this my two-unit play because I was like, even if Deshaun Watson doesn't play good, Houston's really, really bad. So I had Cleveland minus seven for our two-unit play. Uh, yeah, That's a good number one easy. rule of gambling. Always have a backup plan. Easy win. Easy win there. So, and then going on to your slate. Uh not good. Oh, not good to say the least. Uh, five and two, and two and five, two and five. Yeah. So yeah, not yeah. Good. I'm down nine units the last four weeks. It's not pretty. My, I, I was actually up a unit four weeks ago. Yeah. So, and it has just been a we have four rapid weeks. descent down into the doldrums for me. We, we got four weeks left. You can still make something happen here. I better. Well, yeah, I mean, with New England is difference. straight up that. New England straight up that didn't didn't hit. Like they just got their brains beat in by the Bills. Yep. Uh, Pittsburgh plus one that hit. That was nice. I needed it. Atlanta was in that game like the end too. Ten... Yeah, they were. But I was always confident. Always confident. And then, uh, you can never not be Tennessee. Confident. Like you said, that was just a bad bad day to pick Tennessee. The over in the Green Bay Chicago game. Easy win. I ended up taking that one. I wasn't sweating at all, except for when I texted you saying that I was sweating it. (laughs) Um, Miami plus four. This might explain some of my Tua dislike right now because how do you not cover four against Brock Purdy? Like, I'm just, I was beyond myself as to how. Brock Purdy looked good though. I mean, Miami's supposed to have a good defense. Like, is, how is it Tua's fault that Brock Purdy lit up that defense? Who's really it's good? Tua's fault he could only put up 17 points. That's what's Tua's fault. Hey, if the different Broncos put up 17 points every week, they'd be the one seed in the AFC right now. Let's not limit our expectations for Tua to the Denver Broncos, okay? I'm just saying. Can't blame it on him. <laughs> Sometimes 17 points is enough to win. Jalen Hurst did it. They beat the Colts. Situational football, my friend. Situational football. Just saying. 
Got got to make the plays to win the game. Oh, yeah, two it. units on Kansas City, Cincinnati, too. Two units, KC, Cincinnati. My second two-unit player I've lost in two weeks. Barely lost both of them. So that's four of my nine units that I've lost in the last four weeks. And then Indy plus 11. I was like, I wasn't watching this game. I was paying attention to it in my ESPN app. And I was like, I was, I was, I was blowing you up. Cover this. They can cover this. And then the fourth quarter, like, I, I, I lose track of it. I know my phone's been blowing up for the last like 30 minutes. And I look at it and they're like down by 30 now. And I was just like, what on earth happened? They were covering most of the game. Yeah. So and they just died. Indy Dallas. Uh, you didn't watch it. One of the all like I I don't know if this is a Jeff Saturday thing or what, but the Dallas football Cowboys absolutely broke the will of the Indianapolis Colts. That fourth quarter, I've never I've never seen an NFL team give up like Indy did. Like Dallas scored a running like I think it was a 32 yard touchdown with a third string running back that wasn't even touched. Guys were just getting out of his way. And they were just trying to run the clock out. And they gave it to their third string running back with seven minutes left in the game. He just walks in for a touchdown on the 32-yard line. Uh, Matt Ryan, two picks and a fumble in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like, I, saw, I, I heard something Don't let the Cowboys about, get um, – uh, America's not ready for a Cowboys Super Bowl. And I'm telling you right now, Cowboys are going to win the fucking Super Bowl. Like, best team in the NFL. I saw something today about like just ripping Jeff Saturday about running tempo in the absolute worst situations for your team that you can and just exhausting them. And that might be it. That, that tracks. That tracks based on the final score. Oh my goodness. I mean, broke their will. Like, they get paid too. And they got paid to get absolutely embarrassed in the fourth quarter of Sunday Night yeah. Football. But yeah. yeah, that's how our week 13 went. Uh, moving on to the week 14 slate. Uh, starting out on Thursday Night Football, we had the Las Vegas Raiders going, staying at home. No, going on the road to the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are seven well, point. It will be a home game. Yeah, Rams. yeah. Raiders are. It's Los not Angeles. at home, but it will be a home Raiders game. Raiders are lost. Uh, Los Angeles, basically, but uh, Rams are seven point underdogs at home. Total of forty four and a half. What do you got on this one? I am staying far away from this one because I do not trust either team. I I lean the Raiders just because the Rams are such a mess. And Baker, you you mentioned to me earlier, Baker's not going to be playing this game. They just signed Baker Mayfield, so Baker Mayfield is now a Los Angeles Ram. Um, but I just, I don't see a way that I win a bet on this game. I just can't predict it at all. Anything can happen when you have two teams this unpredictable, this bad this season. Yeah, Raiders have actually been looking pretty good these last couple of weeks. Devontae yeah. Adams looking like the best receiver in the NFL. Josh Jacobs looking like one of the best running backs in the NFL. Josh Jacobs, who is the only number or the only first round pick that they haven't cut, but they don't. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option either. He's a top-five running back in the NFL right now. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Raiders on a six here. I, I love the Raiders team right now. Derek Carr's kind of coming into his own. This is kind of what we thought the Raiders should look like to start the season. 
maybe Josh McDaniels got something going with this team. Yeah, I love the Raiders minus six here. That's that's my first bet of the week. The model's on the Rams at seven. It's on the Rams at six as well. Uh, I have both numbers in here. It moved up. Yeah, I, I think it was at six and a half. I took it at six right before. I don't know. My bookie was being kind of weird with it. Um, but And it likes the under 44 and a half as well. Yeah. Moving on to Jacksonville at home versus the Tennessee Titans. Jacksonville, four-point underdogs or four-point favorites here? Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. Jacksonville, four-point dogs. Yeah, I should have done that. Uh, total of 41 and a half. What do you got on this one? For the third week in a row, I'm betting on the Tennessee Titans. And I'm 0-2, and I better win this one. Golly, or else I'm going to swear off them like I have the Broncos. I swear. I'll do it. I'm just a sicko over here. Um, Tennessee just got their doors blown off. Uh, I don't know. He came back in the the Lions game, so I'm assuming he's playing. And I mean, I I don't have a lot to say about this one. I mean, Jacksonville's looked frisky at times this season. Tennessee should win this game. They need to win this game. They can't really... Like, they basically have the division locked up, but unless they want to see possibly the Bills or the Dolphins in the first round, they got to spring off some wins so they don't get the four seed because that four seed and the AFC playing the Bills or Dolphins in the first round is not what you want to see. So, yeah, you definitely definitely need to string, string together some wins here. Tennessee... I mean, they had their, board, their doors blown off last week against the Eagles. I expect them to bounce back at home just fine. They just fired their GM today after getting embarrassed by A.J. Brown, which was humorous. But the real reason I bring that up is Mike Vrabel has total control of the building now. I expect this team to come out just pants on fire. Yeah, in theory. But the model is leaning towards Jacksonville here, and it is taken under 41 and a half. Under, under season for the model right now. Uh, moving on to the oh, next man, one, we the have- model's up like 15 units on the under, so. We have New York Jets versus the Buffalo Bills. Jets are nine point dogs on the road, going to Buffalo, total of 43 and a half. What do we got here? Mike White season, maybe? Model Model says Mike White season. The model's about Mike White's season. It's got the Jets plus nine. Uh, it's leaning towards the Jets plus nine. And it likes the under in this one, too, a 43 and a half. Me, personally, if this number comes up to 10, I might jump in on Mike White's season. But if it stays at nine, I'm just staying away. Yeah, I mean, I really wanted to take this one. I love the Jets. Uh, I love the team. Garrett Wilson's been looking incredible. They just really haven't been able to figure out the run game. Zonovan Smith looks pretty competent running the ball for him right now, catch the ball out of the backfield. I want to see a little bit more for him before I really jump on that train. But really, maybe like the Jets in a teaser this week, getting 16, uh, 15 and a half, depending on what you tease there. So I wouldn't hate the Jets in a teaser right now. And then total at 43 and a half. I don't know, like so much explosiveness on both sides of the ball here. The, the model loves the under, but... I don't know. I don't think the model watches Garrett Wilson with his own eyes or Elijah Moore with his own eyes or Corey Davis with his own eyes or Josh Allen with his own eyes or, I mean, 
these teams can score. Oh, the ball doesn't have eyes. If if one of these teams gets hot in the first quarter, like it's going over. Like if if the Jets or the Bills score two touchdowns in the first quarter, those things going over. And they both have the ability to, but they both have really good defenses as well. So maybe not. But I would stay away from this total. The model loves the under. But if I had to pick, I'd probably lean the over. Just a low number for yeah. all that talent. So much talent. Usually a talent. I'm not betting it, but the, talent rich the models. Game, it's hard for me to take it under in a talent rich game, especially a, a total that low. Yeah. But, models like 15 above 500 on unders this year. Like it, I models mean, a rich man. It's done well, but yeah. Models very rich man. Yeah. Moving on. I would be too if I just listened to it more. We have the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles going on the road to the New York football giants. Philadelphia is seven-point favorites on the road with a total of 46. I'm assuming you're not touching this game because I wouldn't touch this game. I wouldn't touch this game with your money, but what do you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm staying far away from this one. Models leaning towards Philly to cover the seven and then under 46, but I just – I want nothing to do with that. I was sitting here trying to, like, math my way into liking it, but I just – I don't. I don't trust. I don't trust the Giants enough to say they'll cover. And I know the Giants are capable of covering. So yeah. like, I, I just, I'm saying. Away. Yeah, this completely falls on the Giants for me. It's not. I I think Philly will show up regardless, but the Giants are good enough to cover this. They're also more than capable of not showing up. So yeah, I'm not touching that game. Moving on to this game has moved in such a wild direction since I talked to you last night about it. We have the Minnesota Vikings, the number two seed in the NFC right now, top three record in the NFL right now, going to the Detroit Lions. And Minnesota, the model says it's a one-point dog. I checked before the podcast, and it was hopping back and forth between two and a half and three as Detroit as the favorite with this was as of like 3 p.m. today, so it's moved that it's moved that much in the last seven hours. Yeah, I mean, money is coming in on Detroit right now, which I mean, DeAndre Swift is bet, but uh, also the total of this game is 53 and a half. So I mean, the DeAndre Swift coming back, Jamison Williams had like five snaps last week, didn't do anything, but he's back on the field. That dude is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous man. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm taking Lions here. I'm taking Lions two and a half because it doesn't make sense. And I want to live in a world where the Detroit Lions are favored against a top five NFL team. And it's Kirk Cousins. And you know I love my boy DeAndre Swift. You know I love my boy Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm taking Lions minus two and a half. And I'm taking over 53 and a half. Justin Jefferson, my number one wide receiver coming into the season. Absolutely incredible. I love points, points, points in this game, and I love the Lions in this game. Yeah, um, I think I actually have an idea of why that line has moved so much in the last seven hours, because I bet it since then. <laughs> Move the line. I got I got the Lions minus one here. I, I bet it earlier this afternoon at minus one, and so, I mean... When, when when Vegas is speaking to me like this, I'm just going to listen. They're saying the Lions are better than everyone thinks. Not better than us. Sleep. We've been saying it for years now. Don't sleep on the yeah. Lions, boy. 
But and I've lost too much money this year sleeping on them. So hey. give me the Lions minus one. Put it on a t-shirt. All right, moving on. We have Baltimore without Lamar Jackson going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore is three-point underdogs, and the total is 37. What do you got in this game? So, give me, give me John John. John Harbaugh, man. He covers something like uh, like 65% of the time as road dog. You get you t- you tell me road dog, I'm telling you I'm betting on the Ravens. It's as simple as that for me. I, I don't care if Lamar Jackson's that out. Is not bad. Like it's yeah. Like yeah, he Hundley's, doesn't win games. Uh, Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley. Brett Huntley was UCLA, pretty, right? Yeah, he was. I was actually just running numbers on him today randomly. And I was like, because I have this this quarterback scouting model that I that I run, and like, or not scouting, it's stat scouting. You know, box score scouting. But like, um, it's hilarious because he's the one guy in it that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like his stats say he is like just as good of a prospect as like Pat Mahomes, as Justin Fields, as like all these quarterbacks who are straight blue chippers. And there's him. Where did he end up? <laughs> and uh he was a he was a backup in Green Bay for a while. Yeah. Uh I don't remember. He's, he's kind of flamed out. He just where... signed somewhere, I think. Where was where did Tyler Huntley come from? Utah. Utah. Uh yeah. He was so underrated Matt in that draft, too. I loved him. Yeah, I mean, he does everything that Lamar does, just not as good. And if if you need a if you need a stream in fantasy, he'll probably put up good fantasy numbers for you. And uh, TJ Watt was kind of limping around and acting injured last game. So, like, if TJ Watt's not 100% healthy, like, he can, he can make a run here. But... Yeah, I mean, so much. Models picking both in this. Models models got Baltimore plus three and the over 37. So much of what Baltimore does in offense relies so heavily on Lamar that having a guy like Hundley in there that is kind of similar to him that can do some of the same things that he does where you don't have to really change your game plan from one quarterback to another really helps them in this situation. But I don't know. I'm set away from it. But, yeah, if, if I were to lean anywhere, I mean – Give me John Harbaugh uh, all day, every day. Moving on. All right. All right, boys. We got the Houston Texans. Worst team in football going to the best team in football, the Dallas Cowboys. Houston is 17-point underdogs with a total of 45. And I'm guessing you're taking the Texans here because it's 17 points. I am not touching this game. The Texans couldn't cover seven against a completely dysfunctional Browns offense last for, week. That is for a I'm touchdown just, offense. Yeah, if I was betting this game, I'd be betting Dallas, but I'm just staying away. The model is leaning towards Houston plus 17, and it's taken the under 45. I don't even want the under because I think Dallas might score 45. Like I Dallas will score 45. I don't want it. Dallas is going to absolutely – Dallas is going to bury this team like they buried the Colts. I mean, this is a bad team against a Dallas Cowboys team that it's hitting its stride. Everybody on that defense is coming alive. You got Dorrance Armstrong. You got Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, there's dudes all over this field just wrecking havoc on offenses. And 
deck is starting to hit a groove. CD Lamp's starting to look good. We have a two-headed monster. When Z, Z Kelly is looking absolutely phenomenal right now with Tony Pollard coming in for relief, kind of being the, the scat back type for him. We have three tight ends that can catch the ball that all block well. And, yeah, I mean, everything's coming up Dallas right now. Uh, Tyron Smith is back at practice this week. Like, Jason Peters has been looking good on left tackle. Ty, uh, uh, Tyler Smith has been really good. He's cut down on his penalties, and he's just mauling people. Everything about this Dallas team is just coming up Dallas. Like, this is the best team in football. And America is not ready for a Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl. But you, you boys better get ready because it's happening. And we're going to be loud. We're going to be proud. And we're not going to let you forget about it. Give me Cowboys I'm minus 17. You're a Dallas Cowboys <laughs> fan. Don't get don't get it twisted. Yeah, I don't know about all that, but you love the Cowboys. Eh, they're not the Packers. I'll give them that. I cheer for the Bears. You can cheer for the Cowboys. I'll cheer. You're right. I'll get. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I, I root for the Cowboys because I want to see you happy. I, I root for the Bears because I want to see you happy. There you go. Speaking of. All these Bears fans, like, up in their fills, like, this should be your greatest season ever. Like, you have an answer at quarterback. You have some young talent. You have, pro I think, the most money in the NFL to spend in this offseason. And you have quite a bit of draft capital. Like, the future is bright. And you have one of the worst teams in the NFL. Like, who cares if you lose? You know you got the guy. Like, if you know you got your guy at quarterback, you have money to spend, and you have draft picks, like, what is there to be upset about? What else do you need? You can be the Cleveland Browns for the past 37 years. <laughs> like, come on. Bears fans, get it together. You're fine. Hey, this like, is this this is the right time to be a Bears fan right now. This is like, this is this is when you can jump on before never, the bandwagon. Never in the history of the Bears have you ever been able to look at a team and be like, Well, we got the quarterback, we just gotta figure everything else out. You'll get everything figured out. It's not hard. You get you can just get average guys at every position with a guy like Justin Fields, and you're gonna be a playoff team next year. Like all you have to do is draft half decently, sign half decent prospects. Like even if even if in the offseason you're not going after the top guys, you're not you're not spending the money on the top guys, but you just get guys that are just good at football that you don't pay outrageous money for. You'll be a playoff team next year. Your division's not good. The Vikings aren't good. The Packers are falling apart at the seams, and. The Lions, the Lions are probably going to be favored to win that division next year. Like, as a Bears fan, that's got to be music to your ears. Like, they're probably going to end up with uh, either a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud at quarterback. That could be kind of scary. But, I mean, outside of that, it's like, it's, it's you and the Lions next year, in my opinion, because the Vikings can't keep this together. They're about to have to pay Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins is having a historic run right now in his, what, 12th year in the NFL. That's not sustainable. Like, what are they going to do? Like, you're you're in the best position in NFL probably right now with probably a number two overall pick that you can probably flip for more draft capital or just go out and get a stud. And you have to what many people consider, myself including, as the future at the quarterback position. Yeah, now's the time to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, and Bears are on bye week. 
this week, so I just had to get that out there. <laughs> had to let I the people know. It. Calm I down. Love it. Calm down. You're fine. Like, <laughs> if if the Cowboys weren't the best team in football, I would kill to be a Bears fan this season because you see glimpses every single week of your franchise quarterback, and you're like, okay, this is definitely the dude. We have just he has no help. Things. He has, he has no He's not getting help in the run game. The offensive line isn't particularly good. You don't really have any receivers to speak of. Like, you're fine. Like, quarterback's the, the hardest thing to do. quarterback in the NFL this weekend. Quarterback, quarterback is the hardest thing to do. If you get that figured out, everything else will come. Trust me. But we'll move on to the Cleveland-Cincinnati game. Cleveland is on the road at the Bengals. Cleveland is six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Total of 47 and a half. Cincinnati coming off a big win. Third time beating the Kansas City Chiefs in the last three meetings. And Bengals are hot right now. What do you got? I got the Bengals minus six and a half. Models leaning towards the Browns to cover the six and a half. Uh, and it's leaning towards the over, but it's not taking either of those. I'm. Sean Watson looked god awful. It doesn't look good. That's for it sure. takes more than one game to shake off rest like that. Like if he's gonna shake it off, it, it's gonna be more than yeah, one game. It didn't look like he practiced football a single time in the, the his two year absence. Yeah. So and then like it starts you start to hit the point, I feel like, in that locker room of guys being like, We're already not really a big fan of this guy. And now he's making it even harder. And it just gets a lot harder to put in this work around the facility because what I, this is just flowing in my brain all the time, thinking about this guy's here because he's good, but he's not good. And like, I just I don't I don't trust that's going to be a cohesive team the rest of the year. It's going to take the offseason for them to fix this. So give me give me Cincy here. Since he's rolling, since he is on fire, I think they're going to stay on fire. This Cleveland defense hasn't been able to stop anybody lately. I, stop the Texans. Well, the Texans. All right. So he said all that for me to say. I'm hammering the Browns here. I love the Browns in this spot. The Browns own the Bengals. Like the Bengals own the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals can't beat the Browns. It don't matter who's at quarterback. It don't matter who's on defense. It don't matter who they can and can't stop. The Bengals can't beat the Browns. It's their bugaboo. Nothing. Like everything they try to do, they can't beat the Browns. I love the Browns this week. Give me the Browns. Plus six and a half. I might make this a two-unit play. I love, 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 love the Browns in this spot so much. All right. All right. Sean Watson can party. Hey, I'm not (laughs) hanging out with the Sean Watson, brother. You're the one that has him on your fantasy team. You and Sean Watson can go do fantasy teams. It was a giant mistake to start him. (laughs) Giant mistake to start him. Moving on, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. Second best team in football, even after last week's performance, going to the Denver Broncos, where if they could score more than 17 points in a game, they'd be the number one seed in the NFL right now. Uh, Denver is nine and a half point underdogs at home with, with a total of 43. <laughs> if I told you at the beginning of the season, Russell Wilson and this plethora of receivers with a loaded running back room that has been completely diminished is laying 10 points at home to the Kansas City Chiefs week 14. You would, you would tar and feather me in the streets. But I want nothing to do with it. What do you got in this game? 
I want nothing to do with it. This game makes me like th this spread makes me want to puke and I want to touch it. I don't want to look at it. Like I think KC probably covers here, but I, I can't bring myself to bet KC minus 10. So like, yeah, what am I, I doing mean, looking at it. Denver's defense is so good. It's like, yeah, Kansas City might get 21 points, but who's to say that like Russell Wilson's been bad, but like, if he can just get the ball in the hands of like Jerry Judy and like some of these other receivers, like they can bust one and like all of a sudden you lose a they they lose ten to seventeen and it's like, oh we covered. Like, <laughs> like Yeah, I'm just I'm but not the Kansas City Kansas City could also go out there and hang up forty on you and it's like you're not keeping up with that. So and then like are we even going to talk about like at w at what point can like can Russ turn it on, or is this just what Russ is? We'll find out. I mean, like, I, I, I I don't it can't, he all can't be turn it on this year. It can't be this can't, year. Like yeah, Nintendo Hackett has not done a good job. But, we'll find out next year if Russ is like able to fully commit to becoming a different player and changing this, or if this is who he is. now. You know, but it's going to be the off-season work that dictates it. Yeah. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Who's the Seattle coach? Nathaniel Hackett. Seattle coach. Oh, uh, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. The guy who took Nathaniel Hackett's dad's job. Yes, at USC. Um, so, if Russell Wilson, if, like... Hypothetically speaking, if this is it for him, Pete Carroll has to be top five greatest coaches of all time. Like Russell Wilson was considered by many as an all-time great in Seattle, as one of the greatest quarterbacks of his generation, with his generation littered with Hall of Famers. Like, and everybody get mad at Pete Carroll for not letting Russ cook. And in Seattle, when he did, quote-unquote, let Russ cook, they were a worse team for it. And he stuck to his guns and always did what was best for his team. And then they went out and got a bunch of draft picks. I mean, they're going to be picking top five, top six in the NFL draft with Denver's pick this year. And they might make the playoffs with Geno Smith. Like, more people like people need to talk about how great of a coach Pete Carroll is at this point because my god, like Russ has looked abysmal and like coaching Nathaniel Hackett hasn't been good by any means, but it it's still football, you're still throwing the ball to your receivers, and you can't do it. You can't, like, it's been ugly. Like, how bad does like I'm not saying. That I'm a better coach than Nathaniel Hackett, but how hard could it be to be like, we have a bunch of talent on this team, Russ, just, just throw the ball to the guys that are good. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't think I it's don't that know. hard. It's one of the great mysteries of, of football, I guess. I don't like, know. Is Russell Wilson just that bad? Like, Because as bad as Nathaniel Hackett has been, he has something good. He's he's not lasting through the offseason. Um, and I'm pretty sure they made that hire to try to get Aaron Rodgers, and that didn't work. And, like, their Hail Mary backup plan was Russell Wilson. 
<laughs> Who do you think regrets Russell Wilson more? The Denver Broncos or Subway? The sub? Okay. <laughs> the thing about the Subway is it's like it generates hate clicks, but hate clicks are still money. So Subway's That's making true. a ton of money off of it. Because so many people are sharing that video and be like, look what a clown this guy is. And Subway's making money off that. So right, yeah, it actually might be the, the greatest advertising spot ever. Yeah. Come to think of it. Broncos Nation, Les Rod, like, oh my God, dude, this is this is not good. Um, I don't know what they do from here. Um, yeah, that's a bad, bad spot. And I'm sure they're probably going to fire him and then the Cardinals are going to fire Cliff Kingsbury and Cliff Kingsbury is going to follow his way into the Denver Broncos job. Like, that's probably what's going to happen. Sounds about, sounds par for the course. But, yeah, I, I'm not touching this game. If I were, I would probably take Kansas City. Moving on, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off a heroic fourth quarter Tom Brady signature win going to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, San Francisco three and a half point favorites at home with a total of 37. What do you got here? Man, I so the models got San Fran minus three and a half and under 37, which is ludicrous, but that, that's what the model thinks of these teams. Um, and that's not even thinking about Brock Purdy starting the game because there's no numbers for that. <laughs> but um, I want to take Tampa so bad here, but I didn't. I, I held back because their run defense is not the same as it was a year ago, two years ago. Either one. Chris McCaffrey is looking damn good. Elijah yeah, Mitchell's out Sam for the season. Sam Fran's going to be able to run the ball. Yeah. That's all I need to know to say. Brock Purdy looked good against that Miami defense. And I mean, say what you want, but he looked good. And I mean, he was, he was just, he was a X's and O's guys in college. I mean, he was always good at Iowa state. Like he didn't really have the intangibles you look for in a pro, but I mean, he, he's maybe like a, a dollar store version of Jimmy G and the fact that like he can run your offense. He's a smart guy. He's not going to, he's not going to turn the ball over. And he can he can make the throws he needs to make, and that team is just littered with talent. We get Devo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, um, Chris McCaffrey, uh, George Kittle. I mean, there's just guys all over the field. Like he's smart enough to just be able to get the ball out to the guys that are good. Which, if Russell Wilson did that, they would be a lot better. But yeah, I mean, I don't hate Brock Purdy. That it came out today that Jimmy G does not have a Liz Frank injury. And he could potentially be back for the divisional round of the playoffs. So second week, if they get on a wild card weekend, he could potentially be back for the for that. So I don't know. Uh, I Tampa Tampa's offense was the best it's been all year in the fourth quarter of that Saints game. Their their offense has been very stagnant. They haven't been able to score touchdowns, and that fourth quarter was kind of an anomaly and it might have been just Tom Brady willing his team to victory like he's done many times before but I don't know I'm, I'm not picking this game but if I were like I like San Francisco in this game yeah I'm staying away moving on we I have like Tampa but my judgment is terrible lately so <laughs> yeah Moving on, we have Carolina going to Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks minus four, over 43 and a half. Probably no Kenneth Walker in this game. What do you got? 
no Kenneth Walker means I'm I'm staying away. If Kenneth Walker was in this game, I might take Seattle, but no Kenneth Walker. Carolina's been surprisingly pricey. Yeah, since uh since was Steve Wilkes took over, who yeah. said on this show, he's a good coach. He might be able to get them kick started. Uh and he has. So kudos to him. I'm staying away because I don't yeah. I don't trust Seattle without Kenneth Walker to cover the four. Yeah, Carolina kind of shot themselves in the foot because they definitely need a quarterback. And if they're the team that drafts Will Levis, just just bury him. Just move the team to San Antonio. Just start over. Like, I, I think they might be the team to draft Will Levis because they're going to be sitting there at, like, the four to seven range. CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are going to be gone. They're going to be like, oh, we need a quarterback. And if they panic and take Will Levis, just cancel the entire franchise. The, the phone the phone lines will be open at Hallis Hall. Chicago Bears will listen. Yeah, they will. And I mean, Texas are going to take their pick of of those two guys, and then the other one will be sitting there. And I think either one of them would be a hell of a quarterback for a long time. But if you go take Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, just because like they look good on a spreadsheet, just fire everybody. No, because they look good in shorts. Not like Josh Allen did, um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not picking this game. Uh, Seattle's the better team. I mean, if I if if you force me to take it, I'll take Seattle. But and then the total is it's a weird number for me. Uh, I thought it would be much lower than that. So the fact that it's 43 and a half kind of makes me lean the over, just because usually when I think a total is going to be lower than it is, it makes me lean towards the over at that point. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean the model. The model likes the over here. And yeah. it, it hit on two overs last week. You, it doesn't, it doesn't usually, take a ton of them, but it's usually decent with them. Usually, when I see a matchup and I'm like, "Oh, that's gonna be like a 39, 41 points for like total," and it's 43, 44, I'm like, "Oh, I love the over," because Vegas is smarter than me. And if it's two or three points higher than what I thought it would be, it's probably gonna be even higher than that. Outsmart in Vegas. That's how you get like six units on the season, baby. Um, Then going on, we have Miami Dolphins going to the Los Angeles Chargers. Miami is three and a half or three point favorites on the road in LA. Total is 52 here. What do you got, man? I'm riding with Tua, believe it or not. Give me Miami minus three. Uh, Model likes the under 52. I'm not touching the total. Miles leaning towards Miami. I think, I mean, Miami needs to show me something after last week. They need to bounce back and show, they need to show everybody something after that performance. Like, when you're, when you're, your opponent's quarterback goes out, they are, but like, you should not, that was, it was embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all in all, it wasn't to his fault. I mean. Brock Purdy loaded up. Brock Purdy had a good game. And that's why they need I mean, to show something, though. That's why I, I think, trust I think them to show de- something. I think their and, defense shows up this game. I'm not yeah. – I'm not. Uh, I got I got Dolphins minus three here, and I I do trust him too. I think he's going to make plays. But more than anything, I think their defense got embarrassed against a Mr. Irrelevant last pick of the draft, Brock Purdy. Um, yeah, I, I love the Dolphins in the spot. I think the Dolphins' defense shows up. I think the Dolphins – 
defense is better than what they played last week and going against the Chargers team that is absolutely in shambles. This is this is every Chargers team for the past 25 years. Like, on paper, it should be the best team in football, and they just somehow can't get it done week after week, somehow find a way to lose week after week. Give me Dolphins minus three here all day. So that's the best bet? Yeah, I love it. It's one of my favorite bets of the week. We're, and, uh, I looked it up. I looked it up today. We are seventeen and twelve on bets that we are on consensus in. Fire the cannons! <laughs> All right, moving on. We have the New England Football Patriots going on the road to the Arizona Cardinals. My uh, New England is minus one and a half point favorites with a total of forty four and a half. What do you got? I've got surprise. Like I was, when I was going through going through my sheet, marking down what I thought each of these games would be, I thought Arizona. I had this game at Arizona minus one and a half, and I'm usually pretty nail on the head when I'm doing this. Like, there's only three or four games that really stand out, and it's usually only one or two point difference. A three point difference is big to me, typically, but it's typically not one and a half to one and a half. You know, like that's like that's a weird spot to be in it's a weird number to play with so i'm just i'm just staying away at the end of the day because i don't like the numbers here yeah if i if i didn't choose this game deandre hopkins has been looking really good for arizona uh i would i would probably just take arizona at home but i mean the new england defense has been looking dirty i mean matthew judon's been absolutely electric for him so it, it's tough but yeah i'm i'm not I'm not touching this one at all. Oh, you know what? I bet you this New England had a mini buy last week coming off Thursday night football and coming well, off a loss. That's probably why this number is where it's at. Thursday night, Thursday night football to Monday night. So, yeah. An extended mini buy. Yeah. To the normal mini buy. But that's yeah, got to be good, good, what's going on. Good, good scheduling. I mean, I'm sure Bill Belichick made a call to the league office for that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still like Arizona here. I mean, Arizona's coming off an actual bye week, so they got it too. Oh, and... that's right. Man, that's a, it, this is a weird spot. I, I don't got a good read on this one. Yeah, so, I mean, gun to my head, I'm taking Arizona here. I just, Kyler is good, maybe, but DeAndre Hopkins well, like, is so, good. Like, Fields torched New England. Yeah, but Phil, so I wonder Kyler, how Kyler doesn't run like Phil's runs. He can. No, he can't. Kyler's one of the only guys who can, who can run like that, I think. No, Phil's is fearless. Kyler's a scared little yeah, boy in an open field. Kyler, I mean, but Kyler's also tiny. Like, Phil's isn't scared to take a hit where Kyler will avoid contact at all costs, which is probably so better for me. longevity. But, I mean, Phil's. Fields makes plays because he's fearless. Kyler can make plays because he has the athletic ability to do so, but he'll never put himself in harm's way, which will in turn hurt his overall production, I think. So what you're telling me is Kyler is that damn sniper who keeps killing me and Cobb that I can never find. Yes, basically, and in a situation where you have three guys on you in the backfield, Kyler will Kyler will throw the ball away to where Justin Fields will make a play. 
Yeah, Field I mean, run, runs right, right, right into the face of the battle in Call of Duty, and Kyler's up there on his perch sniping people. Yeah, and then at the end of the day, Kyler went like seventeen and three, and he tells all of his boys about his KD. And at the, uh, on the other side, Justin Fields went like thirty-three and twenty, and a lot more kills, but a lot more deaths too. So, KD is not as good, but the overall production was really good. Love it for all for all the. The fans of Call of Duty out there. All right. Let's get to wrap up our, our week 14 slate for the NFL. We got uh, a quick little fact here for you. Okay. I like so, facts. We used to be stats versus facts. <laughs> we were once upon a time. Uh, last week, favorites went 10 and 5 against the spread. Last year in week 13, favorites went 8 and 6 against the spread. Usually dogs do better than favorites against spread week to week. So, so let's see a little bit of a trend. And let's see. Oh, and then last year in week 14, you know what favorites did? They went 11 and three against the spread. It's the week of the favorites. I have, Favorites week. I have so many favorites this week. I didn't even know that stat when I took these favorites. So I'm smarter than the machine. You are. Well, a the machine college... just does what we tell them to, unless they're yeah, you know, transient. Then we're all very worried. All very worried. <laughs> Little college football talk. <laughs> My Ohio State future is still alive, boy. Caleb Williams yeah. can get it done. Caleb Williams got his ass kicked in the Pac-12 championship, and somehow is still minus twenty-five hundred betting odds favorite for the Heisman, which makes no sense at all. But. Yeah, pretty excited. I mean, I, I'm kind of loving Ohio State versus Georgia in the first round. Plus six and a half. Like, don't let that Ohio State team get hot. Like, I'll tell you what, boy. But, yeah, I don't I, know, I'm, man. I'm, I'm super excited I, I, for it. My view is probably very skewed because I've spent a large portion of the last, like, three days watching uh, Jalen Carter and uh, Broderick Jones just destroy people so like (laughs) yeah just prepping for that bears draft pick but i'm i'm my my view is very skewed to be fair i mean georgia georgia has shown up against good teams they they did it against oregon they did it against tennessee like when georgia needed to show up they did it against lsu when georgia needs to show up they show up and they've done that all season so it's hard to doubt them but i mean they did scoop past a couple of really bad teams missouri for example so it's like, if they play like they did against Missouri, they can absolutely be beat. If they play like they did against Oregon or LSU or Tennessee, they're the best team of football. But who's to say Ohio State can't get up there and hang 21 points in the first quarter on them? And, I mean, it's not like Stetson Bennett is the greatest thing ever. It's like, if you put me in a shootout, like, if, if Ryan Day comes in there with a perfect game plan with a healthy Trevion Henderson, Jackson Smith and Jigba's not playing, but Marvin Harrison Jr. has been one of the best receivers in football all year. If they go out there with a the perfect game plan and hang up 14-21 early on them, I, I mean, yeah, you got Brock Bowers, you got tight ends all over the place, but it's like sets a bit in a shootout against C.J. Stroud. Like, Ohio know, State. He's a Heisman oh, candidate. That's a joke. The jo- the fact that he he was a finalist over Blake Corum, like just cancel the whole thing. Like that's ridiculous. That's a bit of like 
Seth Smith is not like. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's going to be a great car salesman someday. He's going to own his own lot. Uh, he'll own Stetson Bennett Kia, Athens, Georgia, and sell lots of cars. He'll 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 have a great career for himself. But the fact that he's a finalist over Hendon Hooker or Blake Corum like is laughable. Just cancel Dude. the whole thing. So earlier I mentioned I was looking at my QB scouting like stat scouting model. Hendon Hooker's season was utterly ridiculous. I said it it earlier, slap in the face that Stetson Bennett is in over Hendon. He was he was incredible all year, and I said it like two weeks before he got injured. I was like, this dude is the Joe Burrow of this season, and the fact that like he really wasn't on anybody's radar, maybe a third, fourth round pick if he's there type deal. I was like, this this kid is gonna shoot up draft boards, like. It doesn't matter that he's 23 years old. Like, he's he's that good. And that injury kills him. But I still think he's worth picking in the draft. Uh, you're probably going to get him in the second or third round now, which is absolute steal for a team that maybe doesn't need a quarterback but might need one in a couple of years. Like, I love hitting Hooker in this draft. Like, if the Cowboys picked him up in the third round, I would be absolutely thrilled. I, I love Hidden Hooker in this draft. Yeah. And he was so incredible all year. He made smart decisions. He made every throw he had to make. Uh, he ran the ball well. And he's just a, a smart, talented QB that's a little older than you want from a first-round pick. But if he plays 12 years in the NFL, it, it really doesn't matter how old he is because most guys don't. And I think he's one of those guys that can have a decade-plus long career. So – in my opinion, only, he's worth he's worth every pick. Not only is he a guy who, who had a great year, he's a guy who was has gotten more better. Of run, more year. of a runner at Virginia Tech, transferred there, became a better passer, and became an even better passer to the point where his passing was better than his running. Like as far he as like th- his he, stats, he doesn't make turnovers. I mean, he's he's been incredible all year, and that like I thought. I thought the the Heisman finalists were going to be everybody that it was with Blake Corum, and I was like, it it's a slap in the face to Hendon Hooker that Blake Corum got in over him. But Michigan's in the playoff. Tennessee lost to South Carolina, so that makes sense. The fact that Blake Corum wasn't in, it Blake Corum wasn't the best running back in in football this year. Like, don't get it twisted. But usually, the Heisman is the best player on the best team award. Not really the best player in college football, which makes even less sense for Caleb Williams to be minus 2,500 betting odds going into it. He lost to Utah twice. He had a chance to revenge that loss. Had a good first quarter. Absolutely shit his leg for the rest of that game. Couldn't get anything done with all the talent in the world around him. And the fact that he's still a minus 2,500 betting odds favorite going into the Heisman race. Absolute joke at this point joke that's all i got for us this week what do you got that's all i got for us this week hey it's we've been saying it for years hey the the mid the vegas starting to catch up with catch up with us on this on this don't sleep on lions boys because yeah ain't nobody sleeping on lions as three-point favorites against the vikings this week i'll tell you that much Against the what 10 and one viking 10 and two yeah 10 and two 10 and two vikings they've lost twice because the Cowboys beat the shit out of them. Yeah, that's football. Right. 10 and 2. 10 and 2. 
Yeah, and the line's gonna get it's it like done. Driving, ten and ten. Line's gonna get it done. But all right, thank you all for listening. Uh, let us know in the comments below who you think should win the Heisman, and if you think the Lions can actually beat the Vikings this week as three point favorites. Love you all. Thank you for listening, and don't sleep with the Lions. Two units on it. <laughs> <laughs>